Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are focusing on growing together. It's exciting to know that we can grow in our relationship with Jesus and friendships with one another. Daily, as we abide in Jesus and invite His Word to abide in us, spiritual growth takes place in and through our lives. So what does growing together look like for you in your life and ministry setting? Grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. Wow, is all I can say about Arkansas Baptist Inspire. It took place on Saturday at First Baptist Church in Russellville, and God met us there. He moved in such powerful ways. Let's talk about it for just a few minutes. The worship led by Corey and Stephanie Epps, it was powerful. The teaching led by Dr. Tara Dew was so deep, so rich, so meaningful, as we talked about just God's, both his willingness and his ability to prune us so that we're even more fruitful. Uh, the meaningful times of conversation that happened throughout the day, they were, they were powerful. They were uh, enriching for all of us. And I'm so excited to bring the content from that day to you here on the podcast. Uh, isn't God faithful to move, my friends? Isn't he faithful to challenge us and to encourage us and to equip us? On the podcast today, we're bringing session one. We're bringing the worship. We're bringing the teaching. We're bringing the announcement announcements, everything from that day we are bringing to you so that you can literally step into the day and experience it with us. If you were in the room, you know it was so special. If you didn't have a chance to be there, I hope that you will join us next year. God is doing something very special in Arkansas, and we do not want you to miss it. So enjoy the first session from Arkansas Baptist Inspire as we talk about flourishing in and through Jesus Christ. Good morning, Arkansas Baptist women. Are you excited to be here this morning? Woo, you are looking good. We love you. God loves you. You are here by his appointment, by his plan, by his will and according to his purpose. And last night as we were walking around this sanctuary and praying over 900 seats, we were praying for you, for you to hear from the Lord, for you to sense God's move in your life, for us to truly learn how to flourish in and through Jesus Christ. And that's what we're talking about today, flourishing in Him. We're so excited to welcome Corey and Stephanie Epps. Let's welcome them together. We love Corey and Stephanie for so many reasons, uh, but I would say what we most appreciate about Corey and Stephanie is their sensitivity to the Lord as they pray and as they prepare and as they lead us in singing. We know that God is going to be pleased. We know that he's going to be honored. So I encourage you, lift that hallelujah. Lift that praise to the Lord. We are so thankful. We are so thankful that we are not defined by our situations and our circumstances. We are so thankful that we are defined by the blood of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to sing about that. We're going to celebrate that. We trust that when we leave this place this afternoon, that we will have encountered God, that our lives will have been touched and changed. And we, wanna, we just want to pray into that from the very beginning. We're going to do that in just a few minutes. First, I want to welcome Tara Dew, Dr. Tara Dew, to Arkansas. We're so excited that you are here. 
There's so many things that I can say about Tara Dew. Let me say this from the beginning. She is the same person on the stage and off the stage. She is a sister. She is a friend. She is very accomplished in her education. She is a doctor and we respect that and we're so thankful for that. She's married to Dr. Jamie Dew, the president of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. She's a professor there. She's gonna tell you a little bit about that in different connection groups throughout the day. She is mom to two sets of twins. Hallelujah. Two sets of twins, friends. So let's just celebrate that. And she's here. Like, glory, right? But let me, let me just finish by saying this, Taro. You have such freedom to lead in this space. We know that God has brought you here with a word, and we are ready and expectant to hear from him. She is such a dear friend, and I hope you'll get a chance to hug her neck because she is looking forward to hugging your neck. I wish I could come and just individually, and our team, we, wishes, we wish we could come and just individually welcome each one of you. But whether you came in a group of 42, which I know somebody here is in a group of 42, where are you? Amazing, amazing. Or maybe you came in a group of one or two. How, where's our ones? Where's our ones? Right here, right here. We're so thankful for you. Right here is our one, right? You are not alone. You are so loved. You are so welcomed. Everyone in this place will be seen and, and loved on by God, and we pray by all of us. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to kick off our day in worship. Oh, Lord, it's with humble and grateful hearts that we come before you today, and we proclaim what a mighty God we serve. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all glory. You are worthy of all honor. And that is why we are here today, to lift high the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I want to pray right now for every single woman in this room, every single family that's represented, every single story that is represented, God, that you would be glorified, that you would save, that you would transform, that you would challenge, that you would prune, that you would change, Lord. We are hungry for a move of your spirit in and through our lives. So Lord, we just ask and we trust you to do that today. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all of God's daughters said, amen. Stand together and let's worship. Let's start off all day but just by praising the Lord for all the blessings that he's given us. And let's also prepare our hearts for what he's going to do for us today. All right, let's sing it out. Praise God from whom all
great the fall that broke perfection and great the stain passed down through time the sickness strong the sorrow long and no peace to find for great the void that separated and great the heart of flesh and lies but greater still the faithful will of Jesus Christ. Come on, give him praise. We sing. Oh Lord, our Lord, how awesome is your name in all the earth. Forever we proclaim greater still the power of our God. For great the cost of our salvation and great the debt that must be paid, but greater.
testimonies. I was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. Sin separated. The breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you had me in your sight. So you made a way across the great divide left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside and there at the cross you paid the debt i owed broke my chains freed my soul for the first time i had hope
Lord, we stand before you now in this moment. Grateful for all that you've done for us. God, grateful that you woke us up today. And God, that your mercy was made brand new for us. Great is your faithfulness, oh God. And Lord, we thank you that you saw through the portals of time and you knew that each one of us would be here today. God, that you sealed us with your blood. And God, you rose again. And because you are alive today, God, we can have life abundantly in you. And it's because of all of that that God the Father has given Jesus the name that is above every name. And your word says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are the Lord. And God, that is true for us today. God, we confess that you are Lord and that we are not. And so, Lord, whatever that means in our lives, God, would you help us to submit to you, help us to believe what you say. God, let us follow your wisdom today and not our own understanding. And it's in light of that, God, that we pray for Tara today as she comes and speaks your word to us. God, we pray that your word would not return void in this place. God, that our ears and our hearts would be open to receive your wisdom. It says in your word that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And God, that there is no place to hide from it. Everything is laid bare before your word. And it is able to cut through the bone and the marrow. So God, would you do that for us today? And may we surrender our will to yours today. So encourage us, empower us, convict us today. We love you and we thank you. We are ready to hear from you. And we pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Join me in thanking Corey and Stephanie for leading us. Oh, Arkansas Baptist women, you are beautiful. And you worship so beautifully. Hearing your voices lift praises to our God is the best way to start a Saturday. Amen? Amen. Thank you for driving here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for praying for this weekend. I want you to know that we had the joy of touching every seat last night and praying for you who would be sitting there. God knows your name. God knows the struggles of your heart, the worries, all that you had to do to get here. And I want to tell you, God wants to meet you here today. And so what a joy it is to be here. I love Arkansas Baptist. Let me tell you, this is my second fall coming from hot and humid New Orleans to the beautiful state of Arkansas. And I like this habit. I want to come back every fall because you've got the most beautiful mountains and the beautiful leaves and the most beautiful people who love Jesus. And so what a joy it is to be here. 
Uh, like Andrea said, my name is Tara, and I have the privilege of serving uh, you all through New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. We train the men and the women that you, the churches of the Southern Baptist Convention, send to us. And I want to tell you that you are welcome on our campus anytime. You would be so proud of the students that we have, the men and women, boys and girls, who are training to take the gospel light of Jesus Christ into the darkest places of this world. And so that is what we get to do, and so it is a joy to get to be here and see your faces. Now we better get to work, though, because I see this timer right here. So turn with me to John chapter 15. That's where we're going to be together today. John chapter 15. This is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture because Jesus is talking to his followers about how to have abundant joy. And so as I was thinking about our theme of flourish, I want to start by asking you a question. Are you flourishing right now? In your relationships, be it with a spouse, children, parents, siblings, co-workers, are you flourishing? Are you flourishing in your ministry? Maybe you're a ministry wife or a staff member or a woman at a church serving in Sunday school or choir or children or youth. Women serve in so many variety of ways. Are you flourishing in your ministry? Think about other areas of your life, your workplace, your neighborhood, where you go about. Are you flourishing? Well, I, I don't know all of your names and where you come from and your life circumstances, but I know this. Women in America today are hurting. Women in America today don't feel like they're flourishing. Sometimes women feel like I am barely surviving. I am barely keeping my head above water. And if that is you today, I want you to know I'm glad you're here. Because this is exactly where you're supposed to be. A recent statistic showed that 50% of Americans struggle with anxiety, depression, loneliness, or the feelings of being overwhelmed. And so if that is you today, praise God you're here. If you don't feel like that, chances are one of the ladies beside you is feeling like that. And I want you to know this. God wants to meet you here today. God wants to meet you right now and show you how you are to flourish in him. The Bible tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, that Satan, the thief, wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And so, so many times, Americans, women, those of us around the world, we might be feeling like Satan is stealing from us right now. We might be feeling like he's destroying us right now, or we are dying inside. But the second part of that verse says, But I have come to give you life and to have it to the full. 
And we're going to see that in John 15 today. This is where we got this idea of flourishing because all through Scripture, God shows us Satan has a plan for us, but so does he. And so, ladies, the, the choice is, who are we going to follow? Who are we going to let capture our hearts and our minds and our lives? Because Satan has a plan for us. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. But God wants to give us life and life abundantly. Look with me in John chapter 15, starting in verse 11. Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Now, pause right there. That word complete is the same word as flourish. It's the same word as abundance. The same word of being so full you are spilling out to people around you. It has the idea of being contagious. Now, we know what things are contagious, don't we? <laughs> we know about COVID. We know about the flu. We know about strep throat. But do you know attitudes are contagious too? And did you know that joy can be contagious? And what Jesus is saying is, I want my joy to be in you and your joy to be so complete that you are flourishing in this life. I want your joy to be so full that you are contagious to people that are around you. Now you see, he says, I have told you these things. Well, ladies, let's start back in verse 1 and let's see what kind of things he's talking about so that we can be women who flourish. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they're burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Let's pray. Oh, great God. We pause our hearts before you and we say thank you that we are your daughters. Thank you that you are a God who loves us, who gives us grace and mercy when we do not deserve it. And Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us how to have true life and life abundantly how to have true joy and joy that is contagious, how to live a life that is flourishing. And so, Lord Jesus, I beg you, Holy Spirit, come 
and fill this place. Illuminate your word in our hearts. May we see this passage in a new way that we haven't seen before. We are nothing without you. And so, Lord, we beg you, come and do a work among us today and teach us what it means to have a life that is flourishing. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, ladies, they've given you those great booklets, and so I want you to get it out, and I want you to turn to session one note page, because I'm going to give you a few things that I want you to remember from this passage today, because ladies, we never should come to God's word and leave the same. We never should open God's word, the living words of God, and go away with no change. And so I pray that today, after our time together, that God would show you something new, and that then when you go home, you'd be able to review these notes, and maybe God's calling you to teach it to somebody else, okay? Because God's word never should return void in our lives. So if you've got your little notebook, open up to session one, and this is the main point for session one that I want you to write down. God desires... For us to flourish through seasons of pruning. God desires for us to flourish through seasons of pruning. Now you might say, Tara, that is so weird. I know. I'm going to show it to you. Now, for those of you, do I have any gardeners in this room? Okay, praise the Lord for you and your green thumbs. I was not a gardener, but I became one. But before I was a gardener, I always thought that a prune was that little purple squishy thing that kept you really regular. And I, I thought that that's what pruning was because that's what my grandparents always ate for breakfast. But then when I became a gardener, I learned what pruning is. But you see here in John 15, Jesus is teaching his followers about how to flourish by using a metaphor. Now, a metaphor is just a literary device that uses something that we know about to explain something we don't know about. So in this day and time, they lived in a really agricultural society, so they would have known a lot about gardening, but they did not know how to live a life that is flourishing. They knew a lot about plants, but they didn't know how to really live a life of following Jesus, a life to the full. And so Jesus is using this metaphor of a garden and a gardener and a vine and branches and fruit to explain this life of Christianity. Now, in this, do you see in verse 1, Jesus calls himself the vine, and he calls God the Father the what? Gardener, that's right. So he's saying, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. And then he'll go on later, and he'll say that we are the branches, and that he wants us to bear fruit. Now, ladies, I do not want you leaving here saying I'm supposed to bear apples and peaches and plums and all that kind of stuff. Fruit, Galatians 5, is the fruit of the Spirit. Because with branches, as we remain with our vine, we're going to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You want to know what a life of flourishing looks like? It looks like that. Love, joy, peace, patience. Can't we use that in our world today? 
Can't we use that? So what Jesus is doing is he's using this gardening metaphor to tell us about how to live a life that is flourishing. And right there, he begins with verse 1 and 2, telling us that a life of flourishing starts with pruning. Look with me in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Pruning is not that little purple squishy thing. To prune means that you cut back extra and unnecessary parts to make a plant healthier. These are not cutting back and removing things that are dead, just like he said here. It is cutting back the excess of a branch that's already been producing fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Do you see that? He prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Why? Because God doesn't want you to stay the same. God doesn't want you to just produce fruit. He wants you to produce more fruit, and then later on he's going to say, I want you to produce much fruit. He doesn't want us just to survive. He wants us to thrive. He doesn't want us just to flop around and flail about. He wants us to flourish. He doesn't want to be hopeless. He wants us to be hopeful. And so what he is saying is there are going to be times that in order for you to flourish, you've got to be pruned first. Now there's a few things that I want you to see here, and the first is this. In his pruning, we see God's love. In his pruning, we see God's love. Ladies, there is something really key here in verse 1, and it's these five words. My Father is the gardener. Ladies, your God does not delegate the pruning to somebody else. Your God doesn't leave you by yourself and let you grow wildly. Your God does not say, my slave will now come and prune you back. No, Jesus says, my father is the gardener. And in the pruning, we see his love. Now, I told you that I was not a gardener, and that is true. Until the year 2012, we bought this little brick ranch in Wake Forest, North Carolina, because it was the only house we could afford. It had wallpaper on every square inch of that house. It had the naughty wood pine paneling and the gray and pink linoleum. The bathrooms were avocado green and yellow. You know what I'm talking about. And in the front yard, there were 56 pine trees. Now, we only lived on half an acre. <laughs> but those 56 pine trees completely covered the house. You could not even see that it had a front porch because the pine trees were so big. I could stand on the front porch and touch nine of the pine trees. And so if one of them had fallen, it would have sliced the house in half. And so the very first thing we did before we took down wallpaper, before we changed the floor, is we took out the trees in the front yard. 
And I can remember the next door neighbor across the way would come out like this. Because underneath the pine trees were over probably 50 overgrown azaleas. And so, of course, as the pine trees are coming down, the azaleas are being taken out. And so one day we found in our mailbox a little picture that said, this is what your house used to look like. But we now had a fresh slate. All of that overgrown landscaping had been taken out, and now we could make it our own. And this precious woman named Julie, who was a master gardener at our church, said, I'll come over and I'll help you pick easy plants to grow that are low maintenance. And I said, Julie, that is my kind of plant. And so we went to the farmer's market. We picked out all these plants. We replanted the front beds. And y'all, I was so proud. I had never kept any plant alive in my life, and now the front of my house looks so beautiful. And I would go out, and I would water it, and I would give it miracle Grow, and then God did the rest. But they became so beautiful, and hummingbirds would come, and those butterfly moths and butterflies, and I loved my front yard. Well, that next spring, my friend Julie came over with her shears, and I said, what are you doing? And she said, it's time to prune. And I, here I am thinking my little purple squishy rock at my grandparents' table. And I said, what are you doing with a, a shears when we're going to be eating prunes? And she said, no, no, no. We have got to trim these branches back because the roots cannot support them right now. The roots are too small, and the plants are growing because of all your miracle grow. And so we've got to prune them back. I said, Julie, you're going to hurt them. And she said, do you trust me? And I said, yes, kind of. <laughs> and she said, just stand back and you watch. Well, I'm telling y'all, Julie got all up in my plants. And she is in the middle of them, and all I can see are branches flying. And I said, Julie, you are killing the plants. And she said, do you trust me? When she finished, y'all, that plant had been so beautiful, and now it looked like this tiny little thing. And all I could see was the loss around it. All I could see were all the branches she had taken away. And she said, Tara, this is the most loving thing that I could do to this plant because it's growing so big that it cannot support it. And if you love your plant, you are going to prune it back. And so she had started with one, and she did all of my plants that day. And she said to me this, Tara, where there was one branch, there will now be three. Where there was one branch that had grown, now it will produce more fruit. You will see. Do you trust me? And y'all, I learned that day, our God is a lot like Miss Julie. He doesn't hire it out to anybody else. He comes with his shears into our own lives, and he cuts it away. Things that are extra that we can't support. He cuts away places in our life that our roots are not big enough to sustain because he wants us to bear more fruit. And he's asking us today, do you trust me? Do you trust that what I am doing is the most loving for you? That by pruning you back, I will help you to bear more fruit. But I learned this too, y'all. God 
is never closer to us than when he is pruning us. Julie was all up in my plants. And when God has pruned my life back, he is right there. Your God is attentive. Your God is intimate. Your God is personal. And your God loves you. And so he'll prune us back, just like Julie did for my plants. And so the first thing I want you to see, y'all, is this. God wants us to flourish, and in his pruning, we see his love. Second of all, I want you to see this. In his pruning, we see God's wisdom. We see his wisdom. Not only is he loving the plants and loving us by pruning us, but he's wise in how he does it. Y'all, Julie did not just come and cut my plants anywhere. She knew exactly where to make that cut. She knew exactly where that branch needed to be pruned so that it would then bear three branches in that place. Julie was a master gardener. If she had handed the shears to me, I wouldn't have had any clue of where to cut, and I probably wouldn't have cut it at all because I liked my bushes just the way they were. But Julie knew that the most loving thing we could do for those plants is to prune it back, and she knew exactly where to cut it. And y'all, your God has all wisdom. He has all knowledge. He knows everything about your life, past, present, and future. And your God does not want you to stay the same. And so he knows exactly where to cut. Y'all, Miss Julie was right. Come just a few months later, where there was one branch, there was now three. And where that plant had been producing fruit, it was producing so much more fruit. But then that next season, she came back with those shears again. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, Tara, we've got to prune again. Because a bush can become so overextended and so overcrowded in the bed that it begins stealing nutrients from the plants that are around it. And so every year we have got to prune back and we've got to make these cuts that are wise so that it will produce more fruit but not become so overextended or so overcrowded that it's no good. And as I was thinking about this, y'all, I think about our God. Sometimes we as humans and we as women think we can do it all. And so we overextend ourselves. We overcrowd our lives. Because sometimes we think that the busier we are, the more God will love us. And that's not true. Think about areas that maybe we can get overextended in. Finances calendar signing up for too many committees at church amen anybody else i have a hard time saying no and then i'm in the middle of it and i'm feeling i am not flourishing right now because i'm doing nothing well anybody else ever feel like that and it can happen so quickly where we overextend our checkbooks we overextend our calendars we overcrowd our schedules and then we wonder why we are drowning and it's in those moments that God in his wisdom, and because he loves us, he prunes us back. COVID-19 was a huge pruning season in my life. 
We had just gotten to New Orleans Seminary, and my husband was traveling like crazy. And when COVID happened, the calendar got totally wiped. <laughs> and we had only been there for five months at the time, and we didn't have the support system to support the schedule. And so we were floundering, not flourishing. But COVID-19 wiped our calendar and gave us back time as a family that we didn't know we needed. I've talked to a lot of pastors and pastors' wives around the country since then, and COVID-19 was a pruning season for a lot of churches, too. Churches had to ask, why are we doing what we're doing? Is it working still? Do we need all these events? Are people loving God and loving his word more? How are we going to use our finances? I don't know in your life, when you look back, a season of pruning, but I want to show you this. God did it because he loves you. And he did it because he knows what's best. He's all wise. And when we go through a season of pruning, we'll come out the other side flourishing more. And where there was one branch, there will now be three, but we'll have the root system to support it. And so, ladies, I want to show you, in his pruning, we see his love. In his pruning, we see his wisdom. And here's your third point. In his pruning, we see his purposes. In his pruning, we see his purposes. Your heavenly Father is the most wonderful gardener who knows what's best for you. And he tells us in verse 2 that I'll prune you back so that you will produce more fruit. Look in verse 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit. Sometimes all we see is loss. All we can see are the branches that are left around. But your God has a purpose for it. And it is so that you will produce more fruit and much fruit. It is so that you can live a life of flourishing and where your joy can be contagious. He says, I want you to produce fruit. But ladies, we can't get that fruit if we don't go through the pruning. I think about Jeremiah 29, 11. God promises, I have to prosper you, not to harm you. That word prosper is the same word as flourish. I have plans to flourish you, not to harm you. I think about Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, it will produce a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. You remember the story of Gideon in the Bible? Gideon had assembled this amazing, massive army to fight the enemies of God. And God said, nope, too big. I'm going to prune you back. And he kept pruning. And he kept pruning until he was left with only 300 men. But God used those 300 men to defeat the mighty enemy of his people. To show Gideon and the Hebrew people your strength is not in your numbers. Your strength is not in your massive armies. Your strength is not in the things that this world says. I'm going to prune you down because it's the most loving thing I can do and it's the most wise thing I can do, but it's for a purpose. 
He wanted Gideon to know that God alone was going to win that battle. God alone. And so ladies, in your life, think about what has God pruned back in your life? And how is it for his purposes? Real quick, in the, in the spring of 2019, God radically pruned our lives. You see, we lived in North Carolina in this house that we had just finished renovating. We had a ministry we loved. All our family was there. And this call came from this New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. I had never even been to Louisiana. I had never even seen the Mississippi River. And I had only heard horrible things about it. <laughs> and here came this call from a search committee that says, we'd like to talk to you. And my husband came to me, and he said, Honey, I just feel like I'm supposed to talk to them. I said, I don't think so. God has not told me that. But after a day of praying about it, I said, Okay, you can talk to them, but that's as far as my peace goes. I think there's somebody on that committee that needs to hear what you have to say. Well, needless to say, y'all, over the course of four months, God began to loosen my grip on a life that I loved. And one by one, things were pruned back in my life. And all I could see was loss. I can remember asking Jamie one night, are we ever going to stop crying? It just seemed too much to bear. We're leaving all of our family, all of the friends we had ever known, a church we loved, a house we had just banished. And all I could see was all the loss of what God was asking us to give up. All I could see was what he was pruning away from us. But I kept coming back to Luke 9. Whoever tries to keep your life will lose it. But whoever lays down your life for my sake will find it. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And so in the summer of 2019, the Dew family moved to a land that we did not know to follow God to a city that I had not heard anything good about. <laughs> and I began to pray, God, help me to love this city the way you love this city. Help us to love these people the way you love these people. Lord Jesus, where there was one branch, give us three. Lord, help us to be people who flourish in you. And here we are four years later, and we love it. We love what God has called us to do, and our lives are so much fuller than we could have ever imagined. And now, instead of serving my one church in North Carolina, I get to come and serve you in Arkansas. And I get to be in Tennessee and Georgia and Alabama and Mississippi and Florida, and I get to teach men and women who are going with the gospel of Jesus Christ into the darkest places of this world. Y'all, God knew what he was doing, and I'm so glad I trusted him. He is loving to us. He is wise to us, and he has purposes for us. And so, ladies, if you are here today, and you've either been through a season of pruning or you are being pruned right now, I want you to know this. Your God wants to flourish you in that. Let's pray. Our God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises to us that you are the gardener and that we can trust you. Lord, in our lives where we might only be able to see loss, may we see that you are never closer to us than when you are pruning us. And may we see your love and your wisdom and your purposes and your plans. 
Lord Jesus, may we be women who flourish in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full, free, abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.